I like patterns because one of the things that happens in Scripture is patterns get established and they get used over and over again from generation to generation. Well, thanks to my lovely wife who pointed me at Aleph Beta last night, I've discovered a new pattern. And I want to share that with you. Let's start with Sukkot, the pattern of Sukkot. Man, humans, people, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, grow large, they get prosperous, they get powerful, and they start to think of themselves as being independent of God. So what God then does is comes in and stirs them with a stick and takes them out into the wilderness. And then out in the wilderness, he gets that stuff purged out of you and so forth. The examples in scripture are, of course, the flood, where you had a couple thousand years between the fall of Adam and the flood. And during that time, people increased, became prosperous. And one of the things that happens is in Genesis 6, when man began to multiply on the face of the land and daughters were born to them, the sons of God saw that the daughters of men were attractive. And they took as their wives any they chose. The Lord said, My spirit shall not abide in man forever, for he is flesh, his days shall be 120 years. The Nephilim were on the earth in those days, and also afterward, then when the sons of God came into the daughters of men, and they bore children of them. These were the mighty men who were of old, and the place became full of violence, and people went off on their own and ignored God. So God sanded it down, started over with Noah. Then the next one we have is, of course, the Tower of Babel. That was in last week's Torah portion, where man gets prosperous and so forth. They get all together, they build themselves this great tower, and they're going to go up to God, and they're going to be independent. God then comes down, stirs them with a stick, confuses their language, sends them off into the world. And the next story we have is Abraham, who gets pulled out of civilization and told to go live in a tent. Sukkot. So the pattern repeats. Those are the two we've had so far. It repeats several other times. Of course, the the big one is when they come out of Egypt. And again, when civilization gets too big for its britches, pulled out of civilization, sent into the wilderness. So that's the pattern. Now, what happens in the wilderness is God attempts to establish a relationship I'll read you from Hosea, for example, Hosea 2.14. Therefore, behold, I will allure her, Israel, and bring her into the wilderness and speak tenderly to her. So when God reaches down and stirs everything with a stick and pulls his people out and into the wilderness, the purpose there is so that he can establish a relationship with them. Because what happens when we get these big, powerful civilizations is people start focusing on civilization, wealth, all of their problems, and they sort of tend to forget and neglect God. So what God has to periodically do is, as I say, bring us into the wilderness where he can establish a relationship. Now, I sort of got out of the habit of going to Aleph Beta last year when our Torah cycle was off. We were trying the three-year cycle. Got to get back to it. They are really good. Anyway, there's one that they did guy named Lowenstein, not Rabbi Foreman. And his question was, God calls Abraham. 
out of Ur of the Chaldeans. Why did Abraham go? Oh, I never really thought of that. I mean, you know, he's God, right? When God speaks to you from the overhead, Abraham, go! Or Abraham, he wasn't Abraham yet. So why did he go? Well, the key to that is at the end of last week's Torah portion, where we get introduced to Abram, son of Terah, and we're told that he's married, and the only thing we're told about Sarah is she's barren. That's it, at that point. And what God promises Abram is come out, and I will give you descendants. That's perhaps why he went. It was in today's Torah portion, Genesis 12.1. Now the Lord said to Abram, Go out from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land I will show you, and I will make you a great nation, which is to say, I will give you descendants, and I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse, and in you all the families of the earth will be blessed. The Torah portion is called Lech Lecha, because in Hebrew this go is Lech Lecha, Well, it turns out that there's another lek lecha in Genesis. It'll be in next time's Torah portion. And there is where God says, go and sacrifice your son. Both of them are lek lecha. And there are parallels there. Lek lecha here is, I will make of you a nation. There it is, sacrifice your son. He says, go to the land I will show you in today's Leclerc. You're coming out of civilization. You're going into the wilderness. I'm going to go with you, and I will tell you where you're going when you get there. The second Leclerc, by the way, it's in Genesis 22, for those of you who want to look it up, is go to an unspecified mountain. You're going to the land of Moriah, but what mountain you're going to, I will tell you when you get there. So come out. I will make you a nation, sacrifice your son, go to a land that I'll show you, go to a mountain that I will show you. Abraham goes. Both cases. In both cases, when he gets there, the first thing he does is he builds an altar. You see the parallels that we've got going here? And then finally, in today's Leclerca, he's promised a reward. In the Genesis 22 Leclerca, he's not promised a reward. Parallel, parallel, parallel. So what is going on? Now, following Torah, the law, not the rabbinic law, but Moses' law as he wrote it, is what I call enlightened self-interest. If you do your life the way God says you ought to do your life, things will go well with you. God invented the universe. He's saying, all right, now, I invented the place. This is how it works. These are the rules. Follow the rules, and things will go well. If you don't follow the rules, things will cease to go well for you. And by the way, things ceasing to go well with you is not always punishment from God. It's consequences of bad behavior. So, what God does is he takes you into his presence, and what he wants is obedience. And he tells you rules, and he tells you how to do it. But remember, the purpose of taking you into the wilderness is to develop a relationship. Now, the question becomes, 
Are you in relationship with God because of the blessings he's promised you? Or are you in relation to God because you have a relationship with him? If I get hired, for example, by a company, I'll work for the company maybe, and I do it for a reward. They're going to pay me. I may enjoy it and all that kind of stuff, but I don't have to. There's a transactional relationship. I'm in their organization. They pay me to do it. So what we have up until Genesis 22, if you will, is Abram's relationship to God can be regarded as simply transactional. You're God. You set the place up. You're bringing me here. And you promised to bless me. Sounds like a good deal. Let's go. And then what we have with the second leklaka in Genesis 22 is God says, okay, you've obeyed me. You've gone through life. You circumcised yourself, which is kind of a big deal for a 99-year-old man. You circumcised everybody around. Can you imagine the morale in the camp when Abraham said, all right, guess what's going to happen, guys? (laughs) Okay. You think giving people a COVID shot is hard. (laughs) I'm just saying. That would not have been a popular announcement in the camp. But Abraham obeys. And again, it's sort of a transactional thing. I obey you, do what you tell me to do, you bless me. So then what God does is he tests the relationship. And he says, all right, are you just doing this because I promised you children? Or are you doing this because you and I have a relationship? Well, let's find out. What I want you to do is take this son that I have given you, and I want you to sacrifice him. Now what are you going to do? In other words, do you trust me? Do you trust my goodness? Do you have an actual relationship with me? Or has this all simply been enlightened self-interest where you've got a relationship with the God of the universe and boy, it's paying off like a slot machine? That's the question. And that's the question God is asking Abram, Abraham at that point implicitly. Is this just transaction and you're here because of the blessings? Or do you and I have a relationship of trust where we are friends? Remember, who's called the friend of God? Abraham. So that's the question. And that's why these two parallel patterns are in Scripture. And one of the things that happens when God takes Israel out into the wilderness is sometimes it takes 40 years to develop that relationship. Because remember when they come out of Egypt, they go into the wilderness and grumble and complain and all that kind of stuff. And then we get to the verge of going into the land. And they send the spies in and come back, and Israel goes, no, we're not going to go. So what God has said is this time in the wilderness, a very short time at that point, has not been sufficient to develop a relationship with you. You don't really trust me. So, 40 more years. And what I'll do is I will start working with your descendants, And at the end of 40 years, your descendants may trust me and have a relationship with me, and then we can 
go in and take the land. Remember I said God tests the relationship. Adverse things that happen to you are not necessarily part of the test. You got to get that welded into your head. Because one of the things that happens to Abraham between the time that he comes out of Ur and heads down to Canaan is every time he bumps into civilization, organized humanity, bad things happen. So today what happened is he goes down to Egypt and Pharaoh says, ooh, cute looking gal, and scarfs up his wife. The next thing that happens is we have this war with the kings of the east. None of that, by the way, is a test of Abram. That's just normal living in this world difficulties. Next time he's going to go to Gerar and the king of Gerar is going to try the same thing with Sarah and scarf her up. We're going to have conflict over wells. So Abraham has the normal trials, tribulations, conflicts, and all that kind of stuff that happen with living in this world. None of those are tests. The test is when God calls him and says, Now, do you trust me enough to give me your son? That's the test. The rest of it is just the normal stuff that we all go through. Bad stuff, don't me wrong, but it happens to everybody. So, what's our pattern? What I'm suggesting to you is that the pattern established in Scripture carries forward to this day. Now, lots of us came to God because we had messed things up badly in our lives. That's a fairly common thing. Lots of you, by the way, were born into God-fearing households and were raised as God-fearers and praise God for that. That's wonderful. But lots of us were sort of rambling around, bumping and getting the corners knocked off of us in the world, and we decided things aren't going very well. I will start following God. And typically the reason people do start following God is because of the promise of blessings. How many preachers have you ever heard that say, boy, go out and tell those people of the blessings of following God? You ever heard that before from a preacher? Sure. That's the call of Abraham. Come out and I will make of you a great nation. Come to me and I will bless you. It's sort of transactional, isn't it? Lots of people come to God for what they can get out of it or to come out of a dysfunctional life. They come to God because God promises if you do that and you follow his rules, things will start going well for you. Remember I talked about the Torah earlier? Following Torah is nothing but enlightened self-interest. So when God says, come to me, Come into my kingdom, follow my rules, and I'll bless you. That's transactional. And when you're in God's kingdom at that point, you are going to have trials and tribulations and all sorts of stuff that happens to you, like Abraham going down to Egypt and getting his wife scarfed up or having to fight with a bunch of kings. All that's going to happen to you. That doesn't go away when you come to God. But at some point... God is going to ask you, are you just in it for the blessing, or do we have a relationship? Now that's happened to all three of the patriarchs. We talked about Abraham. He was told to give up his son. 
Isaac was told to submit to that. Remember, when Isaac is offered up, he's a 30-year-old man. This is not some toddler we're talking about. We're talking about a fully grown 30-year-old man. And I don't know about you, but most hundred and some odd year old men could not force a 30-year-old man to lay on an altar unless he cooperated. I'm in good shape, but I wouldn't try and take on a 30-year-old man and make him lay down on an altar. Couldn't do it anymore. So Isaac also had this same test of faith. Are you going to trust God? Are you going to offer yourself everything up? Do we have a relationship? And then Jacob had the same problem. Are you going to leave this place where you have been prospered and go back to talk to your brother who wants to kill you? And we have this wrestling with the angel and all that kind of stuff. And the question again is, are you going to trust God and face your brother or are you going to run again? Because your pattern in life at this point is when faced with difficulty, you run. Or are you going to trust God? That's the pattern. God takes you into the wilderness, woos you there, blesses you there, but at some point, there's going to be a question. Do we have a relationship, or is this just transactional? By the way, that is code for what every preacher says, taking Yeshua as your personal Lord and Savior. Do you have a relationship here, or is this just transactional? That's the question. And I don't know where that question is going to be asked for each of you, but it will be asked. And it's important that you be able to separate that question from, as I say, the normal junk that happens as you walk through this world. Because there's going to be a lot of junk. And not every piece of junk that you get is a test from God. So learning to discern the difference is important. Recognizing that there's a difference is important. Because, as I say, I have known a lot of believers that spend a whole lot of time whining. God, why are you doing this to me? Well, what's so special about you? It happens to everybody. That's just part of the process of going through this world, this stage in your life. But as I say, recognize that part of this deal is going to be a test of faith. Are you just in it for the blessings? Or do you have a relationship with God? That's the question. Let us shine.